Um, your convocation speaker this morning is a, a seminarian for the Archdiocese. He was a student at Matchbuff when I was there, and now we are friends. So it proves that we can become friends after you graduate. Um, you may know him if you go to Lourdes as the guy who sings really, really loud during Mass. And with that, please welcome James Joseph. Okay, well... Thank you for uh, having me and inviting me. Thank you uh, to the esteemed and august student body of uh, St. John Paul the Great High School. Thank you uh, to the faculty and staff for having me. My name is James Joseph, and uh, I am currently a seminarian for the Archdiocese of Denver, uh, attending my first year of seminary at St. John Vianney, uh, which is just down the road. And it is true, I did know uh, Mr. Lugo, uh, while I was uh, studying at Bishop Matchbrook High School. Um, so we can, you can become friends with your teachers eventually. It, it takes a little bit of time, but, you know, give it, give it some space. Um, I do sing loud at Mass, uh, not anymore. Seminary is a little bit more of a laid-back environment. So my, my spiritual director told me, you know, you might want to take it down a notch. I said, oh, okay. I really like to sing in the shower and at Mass. I would like to tell you a little bit about discerning my vocation, um, just because uh, vocational discernment is something that's actually really, impor really important, and it's something that everyone needs to do. And I was thinking about, well, gosh, I mean, you know, I discern my vocation over the course of like a decade, you know, like what, where do I go to talk about that? And I realized, well, you know, when I started discerning my vocation, I was your age. I was 15. I was, I was 15 years old, and I was at Matchbuff. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about what that looked like for me in high school. How do you listen to the Lord speak? How do you discern? How do you learn to trust in God? So I'll tell you a little bit about that story. Um, when I was at Bishop Mashbuff High School, one year in my sophomore year, when I was 15, I was in theology, which is the last class of the day. And we had theology class with this guy who was a, a novice in a religious community uh, called the Service of Christ. And, uh, I mean, this, this guy was a real character, and uh, we loved having him as the last class of the day. And we loved to just put him on the hot seat and pelter him with questions. And one day, we asked him, Brother Peter, his name is Brother Peter, we said, Brother Peter, what do you do all day when you're not teaching us and when you're not dealing with us? What do you, what do, you do? What do you do over summer break? And he said, well, I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. And he gave us like his whole day. And he started out with, you know, a prayer and then mass and then community service and then community time with the brothers in his community and lots of community things, lots of prayer, lots of evangelization, lots of mission work. And as he was enumerating all of these things to us, it became very clear to me that this man had essentially given his entire life over to serving our Lord, which was something I kind of wanted to do. And then this little voice, you know, in the back of my head whispered over my shoulder, said, hey, you know, you, you could do something like that. Maybe you could do something like that. Do what he's doing and discern being a priest. And I thought, mm, I don't know if I really want to do that. And there's a few reasons why, right? Because, well, the first, first reason 
was, you know, there was this girl, as there always is, and uh, I was like, you know, I can't marry her if I'm a priest, so that kind of crosses out that option, um, at least so I thought. And um, the second reason, which was a lot more deeply ingrained, was really I just had a lot of anxiety. Um, I woke up every morning feeling afraid that my life was just going to spiral out of my control. Um, I ended up eventually, at the end of high school, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder because I would do all of these things and, and force myself to undergo all these thought processes that would really force me to keep control over my life. And it just sent me down this downward spiral of anxiety and depression. And one day, we had seminarians come and visit us, and uh, I was talking with them about all of this, and I began to open up to them about just this anxiety, about clutching control over my life, and feeling like I could never trust anyone but myself, especially God, because if I did, everything would immediately shatter on the floor. Um, I could never trust anyone else with my life. And this guy looked at me and he said, you know, James, you will never be happy. You will never be at peace unless you trust God, unless you give him control. I said, I just don't know if I can do that. And he said, well, do you want to go into the chapel and I can help you? So I said, okay. So the two of us, this seminarian and I, he was visiting our school. We go into the chapel and we kneel down and he had me repeat these words three times. Jesus, I renounce control over my life. And it was like a small thing. And when I left that day, the chapel, when I left the chapel, it was that experience where you are riding a bicycle and you take your hands off the handlebars and the laws of physics just keep you up while you're riding your bicycle. Who can do that? Who can ride a bicycle without handlebars? It's like one of the greatest joys known to man, to ride a bicycle without handlebars. You should try to learn, and that's what trusting God is kind of like. So that was the very beginning of me learning how to actually trust in God. Um, all I can say is our Lord never said it better when he said, look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. He must really like birds. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't farm. They don't sow. They don't reap. And yet somehow they don't die because God takes care of them. Are you not more important than birds? Remember the first time reading that, it was like the Bible was yelling at me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I will trust in you. I will trust in you. And it took me a very long time to learn how to trust in God. I've had to renounce control many times. It doesn't all happen all at once. I've had to go to the chapel over and over again and renounce control over and over again. And I've had to trust God through some crazy times. I went to college. I didn't go to seminary right out of college like I thought. God actually had me work two years in the software industry before uh, applying to seminary. So I had to trust God when God said, don't go to seminary, even though that's what I felt he was calling me to. I had to trust God when he told me he wanted me to discern marriage, even though I wasn't sure of that what he was calling me to. He asked me to trust him through lots of ups and downs. But he always gives me good reasons to trust in him. 
And I'm coming up to the end of my time, actually past the end of my time. But I would just like to say this. You'll never be completely at peace until you begin trusting in God. You'll never know your vocation, what will make you truly happy, until you actually willfully give him control over your life. You can try to control your life. You can try to keep hold of the handlebars. I guarantee you, you'll always feel like something could be missing. And so I encourage you, maybe the next time you kneel down in prayer, maybe when you do your Lexio today, to just give that control over to God, no matter what happens. Because you're more important than birds. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you very much.